Trying to figure out housing for yourself or a loved one can be overwhelming. Perhaps you're trying to decide whether to downsize or join a retirement community. Maybe your parent is considering assisted living or a nursing home. There are a lot of options and a lot of information out there. In this episode of Retiring Today, we have Becky Montgomery of Senior Home Finder. She joins us to talk about how to find the best senior living option for yourself or a loved one. I'm Ollie Nelson, host of this podcast here with us, Rochelle Smith. She's the producer of the podcast. And we've got Becky Montgomery here. We're so happy to have Becky. And of course, always in the podcast booth with us. Lauren Merkel, he's a certified financial planner, a certified financial fiduciary, and a retirement income certified professional. Let's get right to it. Let's meet Becky. Becky, you help people every day. You sit down with families and you help them decide where to live. But we've got to back up a little bit because your passion for this runs deep. I've listened to you uh, talk about this, this issue on several platforms. I've read what you've written about it, and it is very, very personal. And it goes back to your mother uh, and, and, and her journey. Yes. Well, it started um, when my mother was diagnosed with Alzheimer's, but it progressed rather rapidly when my dad started looking at communities. And because of who he was, Johnny Orr, everybody wanted him in their community. And he'd walk out and go, Beck, I don't want to live with a bunch of old people. I know, Dad, you're only 82. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> and just in case you don't know Johnny Orr, which you should, uh, we do have listeners from all over the country, but Johnny Orr, the famed Iowa State Cyclone basketball coach, a looming figure. What'd your dad stand at? 6'4", 6'5", 6'6"? 6'4". Yeah, and, and a legend. He coached at Iowa State for how long? Um, 14 years, and at Michigan for 12. He was the winningest coach in Michigan basketball history. He coached at University of Massachusetts and recruited Dr. J to go to UMass. I mean, I met Lou Alcindor when I was in kindergarten <laughs> before he became Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. So, no, he's a basketball legend, and he's very well-known. But anyway, he was cute about that issue. When we moved beyond that... Um, after we moved him into a community, and first of all, we decided to do it based on the fact that my mother no longer recognized the difference between the remote and the phone. So if something happened to dad, mom couldn't tell anyone and we couldn't lose them both. So that's how we worded it for dad to understand it was time to do something. But once we moved him into a community, we started talking to the other families and they had the same problem we had trying to figure out the best option. And that's when I decided, you know what? I should just do this for people. It's a service. I don't want to charge for it. I found a company in uh, Seattle, Washington that helped me get started with it, shared their contracts with me because I'm not a competitor of theirs and taught me all kinds of things that I needed to know. And then I joined the health provider network in Dallas County, Polk County, Story County, and then the aging consortium, you know, where you're meeting all the people in all the industries. So I refer people, I tell people all the time, do not move until your safety or security is in jeopardy, right? So I refer people to in-home care companies, and then once they make the decision, I refer them to downsizers, people who will help them pack and remove things and move their stuff in for them. It's all driven by the first issue is financial situation. When we first meet with them, that's the first thing we ask. What is your financial situation? Because that drives everything. Whether you can afford to stay in your home and do in-home care and then also afford to move into a community or not, or if you need to move into a community to establish before you run out of money that you've paid there long enough that they'll keep you. Um, there's just, it's not a clear, easy picture unless you figure the whole thing out. And your options are amazing 
at what you can choose to do, and we just help you do that. And we don't care. It's not about us. It's about our clients. So if they need anything, you know, if they choose a community we're not contracted with, we don't care. It's not about us. It's about them. We also do a terrific amount of help with for people who are on Medicaid, and it's illegal for them to pay us when they're on Medicaid. But, you know, they still need help, too. So we just help them figure things out, too, because it's really um, a, a challenging situation to look at what am I going to do? Where am I going to go? You know, and how do I talk my parents into doing it? We also meet with families when they're convincing their parent to go to help the parent understand why that it's necessary to do it. So we're just there to help people and it's fun to help them. Yeah. And we want to dive deeper into a lot of the things you just touched on. Cause I have questions about very specific yep. questions about some of the stuff you said, but I also want to give uh, our listeners an idea of the partnership that, that you have formed with Merkel retirement planning, because Lauren, you've had the privilege of sitting down with families for over 20 years and you're helping them build a comprehensive plan where you're talking about, yeah, investments and you're talking about the stock market and all that other stuff, but then you're trying to get them all the way through retirement. So this, this housing, the senior living, how do I pay for it? This is a part of the plans that you help people put together. Yeah, this is part of the lifestyle component of the overall plan, which is what what do they want to do? What do they want to do with their free time? And part of that lifestyle plan is where am I going to live? Where am I going to live? How am I going to get the care that I need when I need care? Uh, And as Becky alluded to, there's so many different options out there, which can be a really good thing if you know how to navigate through those different options. But it can also be a daunting situation where you are trying to find care for a loved one, uh, a parent, a, a sibling, a spouse, or maybe even yourself, and you have to weed through all of these options starting from block one. And that's why it's so nice to have somebody like like Becky uh, on, on their team. So she's been doing this for a very long t- time. She has a lot of experience in it, and she doesn't have to stock, start from block one. She can jumpstart them and get them moving in the right direction right away. Yeah, and Becky is with Senior Home Finder of Iowa. We will put her contact information in the show notes because she's going to say a lot of really great stuff, but she may not specifically answer the question that you have. So you can reach out to Becky if you want to find out more. But let's start, let's let's break this down, Becky, because first I want to talk about the overwhelming part of the process. The part of the process that literally made you stop whatever career you were doing at that time and say, no, I'm not just going to help my parents. I'm going to help hundreds, if not thousands of people. So you had to feel very compelled for this. So what were you seeing your parents struggle with that made you go, you know what, there's just not the right resources out there for people? Well, it, it wasn't necessarily my parents because my sisters and I worked so hard together to do it for them. But when we talked to the other families in the same community, they had all had a difficult time figuring out how to best pick a community. So the overwhelming side of it, from our perspective, we try to remove that overwhelming obstacle and calm you down to say the things that are most important. And is it the options that are most overwhelming? Are people most overwhelmed by the price or they don't maybe even know what level of care they they need? It's a combination um, and it varies. You know, it's kind of like Alzheimer's. Everybody's journey is different. <laughs> everybody's journey on figuring this out is different too. I know several people who'd rather get hit with a golf ball and die in their house than, you know, go somewhere. They want to stay in their home and that's fine. That's when the in-home care is important. But 
in home care, if you have to go 24-7, it's three times more expensive than living in a community for a month. <laughs> so it just depends. Like I said, finances drive everything. And that part, I don't think people realize. I mean, I can't tell you how many times I have the conversation with somebody and we're, and we're talking about long-term care or increased health care needs. And they're saying, don't worry about it. I'm not worried about it. Just take me out to the back 40 or I'm just going to go for a very long hike. Right. But in reality, that doesn't really work. But there is a, a that I think, in my opinion, at least with a lot of people we work with, the vast majority of them do want to stay home but they don't realize it's three times the cost for in-home health care. And now it's a matter of can you afford it and how are you going to be able to pay for the in-home health care if that's, in fact, the way you choose to go? Yeah, I mean, this stuff gets estimated by companies that study all of this. The latest study from Genworth, it, we're going out of the Des Moines area numbers. A home health aid can cost you almost $6,000 a month. And that's right now, 2021, those numbers are. Let's say in 20 years... Let's say you're 65, you're listening right now, you're, you're healthy, you're independent. And when you're 85, you really think you might need the home health aid. Well, you're looking at $10,503 a month for a home health aid. And Becky, that's a very specific amount of hours, right? Yes, that is not 24-7. That is probably 8 to 10 hours a week. That's it. So you, you can see if it's 24-7, you're paying a lot more. Well, that's the other part of it. So you've decided you want to stay at home. You've made that decision. You have the financial means so you can at least afford someone to come in for a period of time. But then now actually finding that firm, that place who's going to do it, there's so many different requirements that are different per firm. How do you weave through all of that? If you wouldn't mind, just talk, kind of talk us through some of the different requirements or some things, some of the things that you look at once somebody makes the decision, okay, I want to stay at home. I do have some financial means to afford it. What next? Um, so it depends if you need just assistance, you know, somebody to come in and hang out with you or to clean your house or to put your groceries away or to go gro grocery shopping for you or if you need skilled nursing. You've got probably 50 different companies in the Des Moines area that covered the Des Moines area that all offer a wide range of those nursing versus aid services. And it just is dependent on your physical needs, your emotional needs, and that's what drives the whole thing. And your finances drive it, but... It just depends what kind of assistance you need. Can I be a little cynical here? So sure. let's say I work for one of these companies, which I get, I'm get i guessing they're great companies. Am I in charge of the intake where I sit across from you, Becky, and say, oh, okay, let's answer 10 questions, and then I decide if you need skilled nursing or home health aid? And what I'm getting with that is if these companies decide aren't they going to probably default to the more expensive option? Or is that not what you're finding? Um, not all the companies offer skilled. So no, they will refer you to someone who does skilled if you need skilled. They're, I don't perceive any of them as greedy. Um, I get along with most all of them and they have a marketing rep that actually meets with the family to determine what they need and then, or a scheduling, I don't know what they call them, and then they get the schedule going for the people that are actually going to go in and help take care of them. So, okay. so the yeah, so the firm themselves decides what kind of care they need, but if they don't offer that, then there's a referral mechanism in place that they can refer them to somebody else who does offer it. Yes, it's very similar, just, just by virtue of the fact that when we ask the questions, what's your financial, what are your medical needs, 
you got to make sure the community can meet their medical needs too. And you got to make sure the in-home health companies can meet their medical needs. Okay. So, so as a part of that, what role do you have? So we went through that example. They want in-home health care. They're meeting with a marketing uh, arm of a particular organization. Trying to, Are you a part of the, that conversation? No. I just refer them, and I um, thank them for reaching out to them. They thank me for the referral. We just work together. I don't, get char- I don't charge them for that. I don't anything. You, you make the introduction. Yeah. Yeah. So they tell you kind of what their needs are, and then you say, oh, this company might be the best fit for you. Why don't you start there? And then you kind of set up that initial meeting or help? Actually, I don't quite do it that extensively. I give them a list of five to seven in-home care options, and they can con- I encourage them to contact all of them, interview all of them, ask them all what you need, see who can provide what you want the best. Because there's a big vi- difference in all of them. Some, you know, staffing right now is a big issue. So some require you have minimums of three hours a day, four days a week, two hours a day, two days a week, or any time you need someone, it has to be at least two hours. You know, it's just all staffing issues. So um, it's up to them to decide. I don't drive them one way or another. I just give them five to seven different options. Okay, so that's some good information about uh, in-home health options. But what about when that next step comes? I, I go back to you talking about your dad, Coach Orr, saying, I don't want to live with all those old people. I want to start first kind of with the emotional aspect of that. And then Lauren can step in and talk about financial aspect and all those things. But who drives the conversation? Because my guess is, I haven't dealt with this personally, but there is probably sometimes two factors here. Some people probably say, you know what, it's time. We go. We go on our own. We're ready. We love the model of starting independent and moving our way through it. And then I got to believe there's some people still want to stay in their home. Like you talked about, Lauren, they, the, the, they want to stay in their home no matter what, but the kids or their siblings or someone, a trusted person in their life is saying, I think you need to make the next step, but they're 100% resisting that. I mean, how do you navigate that part of it? Um, it's basically, you try to help them understand that their loved one wants to be their loved one, and they're getting worn out taking care of them. So if they can move them, then they get to be the husband again or the wife again, and someone else is responsible for the care. And it allows them to understand how much their care is draining their loved ones. Um, But you just have to do it as a third party because they're not as willing to listen to their own people that are worn out taking care of them. They need to understand how it works. Yeah, there's a lot of other stuff involved when it's your spouse or your sister. You've got all that other family dynamics at play, which we just, uh, just a couple of weeks ago, we uh, sat down with Kathy Koenig and she is a caregiving coach and a grief counselor. And she talked about a lot of this stuff with caregiving. So if you're somebody who's caregiving right now, um, there's some really great information from Kathy. Uh, just go into our podcast library and you only need to scroll back just a couple of podcasts to look for that uh, podcast with Kathy Koenig. So you've come to the emotional decision that it's time to move out of the home. Becky, what's the next conversation look like? Well, it, like everything, begins with financial (laughs) because we want to help you choose a community that will not kick you out when you run out of money, and there's quite a lot of variables in that. Some are 12 months, 15 months, 18 months, 24 months, five years. So based on your financial situation, that's where we start. 
then we look at what your medical needs are to find the best community to cover that. And if you have multitudes of medical issues, you don't want to just go into an independent living and assisted living community. You want what is called a continuous care retirement community that will service all your needs all the way through the end of life, um, you know, and there's a variety of those in Des Moines too. So, I mean, they're everywhere and they're quality. So you want to get the five-star CCRC is what you want, you know. Uh, Becky, you mentioned a couple times when you start to have this conversation, you you start with the financials. What does that look like when you're sitting down with somebody, they know they need some kind of care, and you want to start with the financials? What's that conversation look like? What are you looking for? Are you looking for guaranteed income sources? Are you looking for uh, IRA account balances? What What are you looking for to help you help them? Actually, I specifically start with a very because I don't need to know everything about their finances. I just need to know what is your monthly income? Do you own your house? Do you have savings? Do you have, you know, any other investments? What do you have going on? And when they have a plethora of options, it's really easy. And I said, okay, that's, I don't need to know anymore. Most of the communities, when they're going to keep you when you run out of money, they make you fill out a financial application to make sure you can meet their needs of how long you have to privately pay, right? The communities that don't ask you to fill out a financial app are just trying to fill their building and they're going to kick you out when you run out of money. So it's just a, a way for me to help you understand that when you get kicked out, your choices are less than great at that point. So we want to help you choose a place that that works best for you. And when we do it, we do not direct them one way or the other. We tour them with communities that we know enough about to meet their financial and medical needs so that they can choose. It's not us telling them where to go. Now, you said when you get kicked out. Is this something that happens frequently, and what's the most common uh, circumstance under which it happens? Um, there's a couple reasons you can get kicked out of assisted living. Um, it means you became incontinent. Um, it doesn't mean you wear depends. It means you no longer understand what they're for. You take them off and go anywhere. If it takes two to lift more than 50% of the time or if you become violent or aggressive, and that's traditional, um, then they have to ask you to leave because they're not licensed to keep you. So, But the other thing is when you run out of money, if you can't pay the bills and they didn't negotiate with you to keep you when you ran out of money, they have to ask you to leave because they don't have the resources to take care of you. When it comes to the financial aspect of them, how, how many, <clears throat> what percentage would you say uh, won't be able to keep them if you run out of money versus those who will continue to allow you to stay within the facility even though that even though you're out of money? Um, it's kind of a difference between for-profit and, and not-for-profit. Um, the communities where you have to pay a big endowment, um, they have a couple different options of that endowment. But typically what that does is pays for the people who run out of money to stay. Okay, so th they work, but they don't convert you to Medicaid. Other places that are willing to accept Medicaid help convert you to Medicaid when you run out of money. It's very confusing, but it I get it. And there's a couple that'll take you day one with no money that are very good places. 
and I joke all the time, if I win the lottery, I'm giving them millions because <laughs> they help a lot of people. <laughs> but but that's all something that you want to identify within your contract prior to going into the facility, right? You want to know what happens if, because one of the things that we're always talking about is we look at the financial aspect of affording this type of care is we, we make assumptions and we say, what if? What if you need some kind of uh, increased uh, expenses from a healthcare standpoint at the age of 75? What if you need an extra $8,000 a month, $12,000 a month? How long can you afford that? Not only how long can you afford that, can you afford the care that you want at that point in time? But then also, what does it do to your surviving spouse? Because you want to make sure that your surviving spouse still has adequate funds so he or she can have the retirement that that they want even after you're gone. And you don't want your funds to be exhausted. But from from a care standpoint, if you can afford it, now, this is a conversation that you want to have, and as you were mentioning, in contract when you go with this facility to make sure that even if you're in there for a very prolonged period of time, you have the care that you're going to need uh, without moving or moving, but either way, you understand it as you're going into it. Yeah, you need to make it, well, I make it clear to them, and I've learned it through the years I've been doing this business on who does what, how. You know, and figuring all that out. But, yeah, you have to definitely do that. I also refer people to elder law attorneys because in Iowa, you can combine all your money and your house and your car don't count and then split it in half. And when the one runs out, they're eligible for Medicaid and you're not broke. And I try and help people understand that, too, because, like I said, that financial side, when it first comes up, you can see right away what you're going to need to help them with. Because if you both want to move in, it's not going to last very long. And if you only want one to move in, the other one doesn't want to not have any choices when they need it. And Lauren, I imagine some people listening are going, well, how the heck do I know if I'm going to run out of money? What I know I've got, you know, a million dollar IRA and, and, a, and a 401k, but Lauren, how can I know in 40 years or 30 years if I'm going to run out of money? But I also think that if you work with Merkel Retirement Planning, you have a pretty good idea of if you're going to run out of money or not. Yeah, we work in probabilities because there is no absolute when it comes to this because there's so many things that nobody can really identify what is exactly going to take place 5, 10, 15 years down the road, right? How long are you going to need the care? If you're a married couple, does one of you need the care? Do both of you need the care, right? There's a lot of if-thens that can come into place, but we can say with a high level of probability that you are going to be okay from a financial standpoint or you should probably offset some of this risk that that you have uh, through an insurance company, whether it's through a long-term care contract or long-term care life insurance contract or some other type of financial strategy that you don't have to assume all of that financial liability. You can offset some of that risk. And those are the conversations that that we have with people is here's what your financial risk is. You have X amount of probability that you're going to be financially okay on your own. Do, Do you feel comfortable with that? Uh, and some some people will say, yes, I feel comfortable assuming that risk. Other people look at that and say, well, if I need long-term care and I have to pay an extra $10,000 a month for a four-year period of time, then it's going to eat way into the resources that you have saved and it's going to upset your legacy plan, right? And so they say, even though that they can afford it, it's going to eat into their legacy plan. They say, okay, I want to offset some of this financial risk. Uh, and then others, uh, they don't have the means, right? And they can see that really clearly through the planning. And they say, we need to do something to make sure that we can afford the care that we're, we're going to deserve if we need it at this point down the road. 
if you're not having these conversations with the financial advisors you're working with, and maybe you want to talk about how to offset the the risk of, of long-term care or talk about your legacy plan or any of the aspects of retirement, here's a great opportunity. It's a 15-minute complimentary retirement checkup call. You can go to MerkleRetire.com and schedule a 15-minute checkup call today and have a conversation about some of the stuff we're talking about here. Okay, so people make the leap. They're ready. They've, they've, they've done their homework. They choose a place, a level of care, and then they have to move. I've got parents. They're not going to listen to this podcast. They might. Dad listens occasionally. I love them dearly. They've been in their home for 30 years. Guess who's probably going to end up cleaning that thing out? This is a running joke, so I can say it on this podcast, and I tell them every day, why don't we start with a closet, Mom? Maybe a clo- <laughs> my prom dress? Do we need my prom dress still, Mom? Really, do we? You take it, Molly. Well, I don't want to take it. <laughs> <laughs> Point being, wow, if you've lived in a home for 30, 40, 50, 60 years, and now you got to go to a two-bedroom apartment, what a process. It is a huge process. But I will help you figure out who can help okay, you. Okay, good. You know who I'm going to be calling? Yeah, <laughs> Mom, Dad? Because I can't do it, but I have people that can do it for you. So Tisa Johnson owns Senior Transitioning, and she does all of that. And she'll do it even out of state, okay? Courtney Work, she owns Preserved LLC, and she does it as well. There's another option in Ames. You know, I mean, there's just a lot of people that like to do this kind of stuff. This would never be something I would want to do because I can't even do it in my own house. <laughs> Uh-oh, your son happens to be in here. Yeah. Jamie, he's listening today. Jamie, you know what that means for you. We're yep. in the same boat, Jamie. Yeah, he already knows that. He looked at my daughter one day and he said, man, if something happens to mom, we're in trouble, right? <laughs> and But my daughter, his sister, is the taskmaster. And She'll she, do it. Got no, she made us do it. Oh. She wouldn't let us take a break, and we had to clean out the basement. And she I need was, to contact Jamie. She's really good. <laughs> I need to know her <laughs> techniques, and I'll get right. I'll get my mom and dad going. Yep, she was perfect. So we did get rid of a lot. And so people help them. And again, I think it's like anything. It's like the stuff I hear Lauren saying that a retirement planner can can opt offer that third party objection when you're talking about finances. You can offer that objective uh, uh, person to look at the the senior living. Even having someone help you downsize, they can say, okay, let's get the emotion out of it or keep the emotion in the pieces you need to keep the emotion. And yeah, there's going to be some of that, but just having that neutral person to, to really help you work through that has to be valuable. It is. And it, and they're both really amazing people. So it's fun to refer people to them. They refer people to me too. I mean, we're all in this together. We're not in this for anything other than to help serve this group of people that needs it. Yeah, and we know that we have listeners outside of Iowa who are like, oh, well, Becky's been talking about Des Moines a lot. Hey, we have good news for you. Becky, you work with uh, people who do similar work as you all over the country. Yes, I do. I have a network of people I work with across the country, across the state, and they will absolutely help you no matter where you need it. So just let me know, and I'll hook you up with the right people. Yeah, and again, we've got Becky's contact information in the show notes. Okay, Becky, so no matter where you live, you're thinking about this transition for yourself or a loved one. What are some of those uh, inside baseball things, or maybe I should say inside basketball? That's a better. <laughs> that's a better analogy. The 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 draw the the whiteboard. We're drawing up the play. There's about two minutes left. I'm getting ready to make this decision. You got to draw me up a couple of quick hits here. What are some things I should ask when I uh, when I get into the game? Um. Well, I'm going to say the things you should avoid. 
Okay. I like it. Okay. Fouls. <laughs> yeah. Travel. Be going very, out of bounds. Be very careful not to fill out personal information online anywhere because it can often be a company trying to get your information. A Place for Mom and Caring.com both do that. And then they give your name and phone number to all the communities with whom they're contracted and your phone just doesn't stop ringing. Now, the thing I see differently from that is I meet with you personally. We go through everything. When we schedule tours for you, we go with you on the tour. When the community asks you for your phone number or your email, I clearly have already explained to you, give them mine. You don't need to have pressure from anyone to make this decision. It's not... It, 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 creates enough pressure on its own, let alone when someone else is starting to hassle you. Well, are you going to move in? When are you going to move in? Are you going to move in? You know, you don't need that. You just want to take it easy and relax. And that's what we help you do. Yeah. One of our families uh, just went through that uh, personally. They filled out something online, provided their contact information. And what they told me is within 10 minutes, their phone was ringing, ringing. They would not stop calling from multiple, multiple companies. So that's a, that's a real thing. And one of our families just went through that. And how annoying is that? Oh, man, it's worse than annoying. And it's, and it's annoying on the community, too, because they're forced to call people that really may not even be in a position to afford their community. You know, I mean, it's I get you qualified and show you the ones that you can afford and the ones that have the care you need and are close to your family. Bam, you get to choose. But I don't sell you out. Becky, I get the sense that this is more than a job for you. This is a passion, and I have to imagine that this work you find very satisfying. Absolutely. I love what I do. It is just so fun and fulfilling, and I've never had anything that made me feel as proud as doing this myself. Well, hats off to you for seeing a problem and solving it, because a lot of times in life, it's easier to go, oh, these people, they don't know what they're doing, but you... You went into a profession, you've put your life's work into helping other people, and that is just so commendable. And if you spend a little bit of time with Becky, you will feel her passion for helping people find the right senior living community or the right home health aid or the right situation for them. So give Becky a call if this is something that you're thinking about. Again, if it's more on the retirement planning part of it, if you're ta thinking about, can I even afford this? Or what, what level of care would I even be able to enter into if and when the time comes? Schedule that complimentary 15-minute checkup call. You can start there, start talking about building a retirement plan, what that all entails, and, and the components of putting together a comprehensive, customized retirement plan. Becky, thanks so much for joining us. We really enjoy chatting with you. Thank you. I always love being with you guys, and I respect the heck out of Merkel. You guys do a great job. That's so nice of you to say. We love talking about all of the components of retirement and we'll continue doing it on this podcast. It's retiring today and we thank you for listening. Merkle Retirement Planning is an independent financial services firm helping individuals create retirement strategies using a variety of investments and insurance products to custom suit their goals and objectives. Any information discussed in these shows is for educational purposes only and should not be construed as investment, tax, or legal advice. Investment advisory services are offered through Elite Retirement Planning, LLC. Insurance services are offered through MRP Insurance, LLC. Mm -hmm.